You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Garoppolo, shotgun snap, fires the slant. It's Quan Myers at the goal line. He leads in. Touchdown, Raiders! Jacoby Myers on the slant with his second touchdown grab and his silver and black debut. And the Raiders, with an extra point, will take the lead here in Denver. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. Q. Right there you heard Jason Horowitz, the voice of the silver and black, calling the second Jacoby Myers touchdown, and that would be the game winner right there as the Raiders beat the Broncos 17-16, improved to 1-0 on the season. Jason Horowitz is a guy that myself and JT had an opportunity to talk with earlier today on the Raiders Roundtable. That is back. We're doing that each and every Tuesday. Last week I was in Bristol, so didn't have an opportunity to do that. So Eddie Pascal, uh, he was able to hold it down for me, so I definitely appreciate him, but was back in the mix today. Uh, that was really good, and I know JT has some of the, the Raiders Roundtable that he'll have on his show show uh today and then also a little bit later on this week but uh yeah jason was pretty fired up after uh, the victory after the raiders improved the one and no and now have an opportunity to go and uh, improve their overall record at two and no and especially after what we saw last night on monday night football from the buffalo bills i'm not i'm not saying this it's it's a it's out of the, the, the possibility right i'm not saying that they can't do it because well uh buffalo looks like a team that is very, very beatable. But we've got plenty of time to talk about that. Just wanted to bring you in there with that highlight as my man Ari is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio today, Studio Q. Appreciate everyone who came out to Oyo yesterday and hung out with us. We were uh, out there by the pool. We were out there by poolside, man. And so we had a, a really good time. So we definitely appreciate the folks that came by and said what's up and picked up surprises. And uh, we'll be at Buffalo Wild Wings this upcoming Friday as we do that tour again each and every Monday. We're at the Oyo each and every Friday. We're at Buffalo Wild Wings. The only difference is at Buffalo Wild Wings, we're at a different location each and every week. This week will be at Flamingo and Wallapai, so you can definitely come check us out from 2 to 5 p.m. We look forward to that. But it's only Tuesday. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. It is only Tuesday. We've got a big show lined up for you as we do each and every day. Excited about the opportunity to be with you for the next few hours and excited to hear from you, Raider Nation. 702-365-9200, the WBroke.com text line 69187, keyword r Of course, as always, we have a lot of good guests coming up on the show today. Day. And our first guest starts off at 2.30 is Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. We were supposed to have him on the show yesterday, uh, but because of a few technical difficulties, weren't able to get him on and didn't want to risk him getting on and then getting cut off. So made sure that we went back in the lab and corrected whatever kind of issues we may have had, we think. <laughs> And we'll be good to go moving forward. So Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus will join us. He'll talk all things PFF grades for the silver and black from the offensive line to defensive players, to Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'll tell you right now, the offensive line was one of the better units across the league. Not in that game, across the league. They were really a good performing unit on a Sunday. And that goes a long way, especially since uh, you know the new addition of Greg Van Roten in there instead of Alex Bars. And Jermaine Illuminor, he was in there doing his thing. And uh, Thayer Mumford, they did a little bit of a rotation at some point uh, in, in the game. Uh, Thayer Mumford came in at the right tackle position as well, but both guys, they graded very well. So uh, we'll really focus in on the offensive line with Brad, but we'll also just kind of scattershoot with all elements of the game and, and the defense as well. Divine Diablo, Nate Hobbs, you know, guys like that, Robert Spillane, uh, Max Crosby, of course. We'll talk about all those guys with Brad Spielberger coming up. At 2.30 at 3 o'clock, our normal Tuesday guest is John McClain from Sports Radio 610. He's joined us to talk all things NFL, and of course we're going to lead off with Aaron Rodgers. 
right? I mean, you can't script this any worse if you're a Jets fan. My guy runs out for Monday Night Football with the American flag in his hand, and it was great. It's 9-11. It's MetLife Stadium, right? I mean, the, the cameras in the background are flashing almost as much as they do on the kickoff of the Super Bowl, right? It was one of those moments where they were all fired up. The fan base was fired up. And then four plays later, they weren't fired up. So then we find out the news today. Aaron Rodgers did, in fact, tear his Achilles. He's out for the season. And now the Jets are left wondering, okay, what's next? Zach Wilson, it sounds good. Robert Sala said that, oh, yeah, it's Zach Wilson's team. We're going to move forward with him. But if that was the case, that's basically running it back from last year. And I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I don't believe they're going to run it back from last year. They have an outstanding defense as they found a way to win that game last night because of their defense and Josh Allen who basically contributed to the Jets team. I mean, he was a guy that was, hey, I don't want the ball. You guys take it. Four turnovers by Josh Allen, three interceptions and a fumble. And, you know, it's funny. We spent a lot of the offseason talking about the turnovers from Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, and how is he going to clean it up? How is he going to clean it up? Man, he can't have another performance like that. He's really going to struggle uh, if, he, if he does that, has turnovers like that again. Well, the whole time, Josh Allen had 17 turnovers a season ago, right, by way of uh, interceptions and fumbles. And he's already off to four, four turnovers. So at some point, we, start to, we need to start looking at Josh Allen and saying, hey, what's going on with this dude and all his turnovers? And I'll say this, and I said it when I was at the radio station earlier today. Brian Dayball took off from Buffalo and went to New York. And I think a little bit of Josh Allen's soul went with him, right? I just, it just hasn't been the same guy since Brian Dayball's been gone. And I don't know if they get that cleaned up this week. I, I don't mind if they don't wait till next week to get it cleaned up. I think the team that you're going to see play against the Raiders this upcoming Sunday is going to be better than the team that we saw play on Monday Night Football. I think Josh Allen's going to be better, but I'll tell you right now, we'll get into this conversation a little bit later. Josh Allen and the Bills have put the recipe out there on how you beat them. And I know the Raiders are paying attention. I know the coaching staff is paying attention, and I know the players are paying attention. So, again, we'll get into that conversation in a little bit. But John McClain from Sports Radio 610 in Houston will join us coming up at 3 o'clock. At 3.30, it's been funny. I'm, I've been on this book tour. And what do I mean by that? I've had multiple guys on the show in the last couple of weeks that have books out. I guess, I guess right now is book season. And I don't know that. Maybe it is, right? But it's like all of a sudden all these books – are starting to be released. So it seems like week after week after week, there's a new book coming out. And I like to talk to authors, man, especially guys that have been around the NFL for a very long time. So coming up at 3.30, Gary Myers, not my brother Gary, but no, Gary Myers, he's coming up. Uh, He's going to be joining us. He's got the book out right now, uh, Once a Giant. And uh, that's a book about the the, the Giants, the Super Bowl champion Giants. And, uh, you know, but he's been around the NFL for a very long time. We'll talk all things NFL with him, talk about what's going on in New York. I mean, think about this. The Giants get blown out at MetLife Stadium, 40 nothing. The next night, Aaron Rodgers is done after four snaps. His season's over. And then Gary Myers comes out with the book, Once a Giant, the very next day. So I think for New York football fans, today the book release is probably better than the, any of the news they've had as far as the football team goes the last two days. The Giants got embarrassed. And, well, we all know what happened with Aaron Rodgers. So uh, Gary Myers, a guy who's been around the league for a very long time, covering the NFL for a very long time. We'll talk about Aaron Rodgers. We'll talk about what direction, you know, the Jets may decide to go next. And then we'll also talk about his book, get his thoughts on Once a Giant. And we'll talk to him about Josh Allen, who obviously is the next quarterback that the Raiders have to face as they travel to Buffalo for uh, week two, game two of the 2023 season. That's coming up at 3.30. 
At 4 o'clock, Coach Keith Jones from Bonanza High School, uh, a guy that I talked to when the Raiders were in training camp. He was out there with his team, the Bonanza Bengals. They were out there uh, just observing training camp. I got an opportunity to catch up with them then. Well, he's a recipient of the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award as his team beat Cheyenne 36-0, picked up their first victory of the season in league play. And the thing about it is, and we all know that football, you have to deal with adversity, they didn't get to play their very first game, right? The beginning of the season, you play non-league games that prepare you for league play. They didn't get to play their very first game because there was lightning in the area. And so it, it went on and went on and went on too late, and they just weren't able to ever get the game going. So their very first game of the 2023 season gets canceled. So they don't get to play it. The very next game, they get beat. So those are their two, uh, their two non, non-league games that they had. And they only got to play one and lost one. So they go into league play last week against Cheyenne, and they win 36 nothing. They get some of their players back from injury. And Keith Jones is the Tom Flores uh, High School Football Coach of the Week recipient. So he'll join us coming up at 4 o'clock. Then in studio, Patty Davidson. She's been on the show before. Bet the money, honey. She likes to give gambling advice to ladies. Uh, that's really her focus. She'll actually be in studio. She'll be in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio with my man Ari, and she'll just give us her, her thoughts on NFL Week 1, talk a little college football with her as well, talk some player prop bets and see what, uh, what she's looking at, and really how she focuses in on betting the NFL season. So Patty Davidson will join us coming up at 4.30. So those are the guests that we have lined up for you. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus at 2.30, John McClain at 3, Gary Myers at 3.30, Coach Keith Jones from Bonanza High School at 4, and Patty Davidson closes us off at 4.30. In the meantime, in between time, of course, we'll hear from you both on the don'tbebrokes.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R, and the, uh, the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. With all that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m., is brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. I'll tell you right now, Raider Nation off top, I have no idea what happened except for I have something got stuck in my throat. And you know when you have that moment when something gets stuck in your throat and you don't know what to do and you start getting tears in your eye? Ari, I literally have tears in my eye right now. Uh, Yeah, and to answer your question, I do not know because I'm not like a full-time radio host. So I know as a normal person that's tricky. I don't know... How you Man, make that work as a host? You don't. You don't make it worse. <laughs> like like you try to you try to muscle through it, but it's just so weird. All of a sudden, it's like something tickles your throat. And, and this is funny. I'll I'll tell this quick story as we get into the opening drive. When I was in Bristol, everything closes so late, right? So or it closes so early, and I got off the air so late because I was on the East Coast. I didn't get off the air till one o'clock in the morning. So the first night I learned, and I didn't have anything to eat, and then I realized that okay. I need to do something about this before I go on the air. So the next night, I'm looking around. There's nothing to eat. They have this place called the, I think they call it the half-calf or mini-calf or whatever it is, right? It's like a cafe that's there on campus, and you you could pay for stuff yourself. So there's nobody that's, like, manning it. So it's, it's almost like the honor bar, but they have cameras. So as I'm still choking. So anyway, as I'm trying to tell this story, and I'm choking right now. My eyes are watering. I went and I got this, uh, it's like a Lunchable, but it's for adults. And it's really weird. And I promise you, I'm struggling because I can't, like I, I have this itch on my throat. It's, it's cracking me up right now. And it's not cracking me up in a good way. Not, not making me laugh. It's making me angry and my eyes are watering. But I got to get this story in. 
So I get this thing, and I don't know if the crackers in it were old or what, but, man, I ain't been right since. I don't know what it is. Have you ever had something that just kind of stuck with you forever? Like since Bristol you're talking about? Yes. Oh, wow. It's like every once in a while I'll be talking, and then something will hit me in my throat like it's hitting me right now, and then yeah. I'll start – my eyes will start watering. Ooh. And it's ever since – and it wasn't really called a Lunchable for Adults, but that's what they called it. They're like, oh, that's cute. You got a Lunchable for Adults. <laughs> so, that's... yeah, I'm literally, I'm literally like dying. And, I'm sorry I'm laughing at you. My, it's, no, it's okay. It's my visual. face is full of tears right now. It's hilarious. You would think that I was crying over something, but I'm not. It's just a natural face reaction. Yeah. I look over and Q's really disappointed in me over here so much on well, the screen. Well, you know what the funny part is? I'm looking at your screen and I can't even see you because it's all blurry. But I'm sure you can see me and all my tears in my eye. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a sight, Q. <laughs> it's a date. It's, it's, hey, we're going to work through it, though. Hey, we're going we're gonna to do what we do, right? I'm going to tell you real quick before, so give you a couple seconds to breathe. I'm going to tell you what uh, Steve Cofield and I came up with uh, a very short list of the things you do not want to eat right before you go on air. Right. And at the top of that is peanut butter. No, no, nah, not, never peanut butter. Peanut butter is the worst. I've done that before. And then Made basically, that uh, right from there, it's just nuts. All kind of nuts. Any any nuts you want to name. Yeah, I ain't eating no do nuts, Do not eat man. any of that right before. Uh, yeah, I ain't eating no nuts, man. Yeah, but I don't I'm, know what was in that lunch. Yeah, before. man. I'm, no, it wasn't. It was It was, uh, <laughs> It was. was like a cracker and cheese and like salami. It's just lingering there somehow. No, and it's, it's funny. I don't know if I like scratched my throat with the cracker, but every once in a while I'll say something and I'll say it in a certain way where all of a sudden I'll feel it again, and then it starts tickling, and then all of a sudden my eyes start watering. That actually sounds, you know, we're doctors now. Uh, that actually sounds kind of like that might be the case. Like you'll have, have a little scratch or something there. No, that's what it feels like, and yeah. it feels awful. So, I'm sorry to hear that, but uh, I believe. I don't think you are. I think you're getting a good laugh out no, of this, No, the, no, I, I laughed, okay. yes, I laughed. I that's enjoyed right. the visual, but that's now okay. I'm sorry to hear uh, we will uh, we'll work on some remedies. I bet the text line is probably going <laughs> right, to light up. I, I right. feel like the text line is good for these kind of things. Oh, Q, you got to do this and that. And it this. used to be. Hey, man, you when know. I used to do music radio, I used to and I, I like I didn't feel good or something like that. I would say, well, what do I what do I got to do to fix this? And you you get the wildest really? answers, it's... the wildest answers on what you had to do. But so. sometimes there's a gem in there. I mean, that's what I always loved about Twitter until, you know, they turn it into whatever it is now. But, yeah, you could just throw out a kind of a random question, almost in jest, uh, you know, to be funny. And then someone comes up with, oh, this is actually the, you know, the scientific answer. And it's actually what you need. So, yeah. Well, uh, that's so why we need people that are a lot smarter than me yeah. and right. a lot smarter than you to chime in on the show throughout the course of the show. But let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. Let me go ahead and get to my questions. And if I, you know, if my throat gives out or whatever the case is, it is what it is. It's all good. So here we go. A couple questions that I have for you. What are your thoughts on the Raiders' next opponent after seeing what Buffalo did on Monday Night Football? Again, I think that there's a recipe. I think that there is a blueprint on how to affect Josh Allen and the Bills. I think there's a real deal way of beating Josh Allen and the Bills, and I think that the Raiders should feel pretty good about their chances going into Buffalo. I really do. And this is not me being a homer. This is not me just trying to, you know, gas everybody up and make everybody feel good about themselves. I look at the Raiders and realize that they've got a lot to clean up, but I do feel good about their chances moving forward against Buffalo. So what are your thoughts on on the Buffalo Bills and and the Raiders' chances uh, when they're headed into, into, uh, into Buffalo next week on Sunday? And then with that being said, what do you feel the Raiders need to focus in on or clean up this week in preparation? Because there is, as I mentioned, there is room to grow. There are things that they need to do to get better. They're not going to be able to squeak out a 17-16 win over the Buffalo Bills. I think Buffalo is going to score. I think Buffalo is going to score a lot. 
I think Josh Allen is going to gunsling the ball a lot, and he's going to give them opportunities to win the game. But, you know, not really looking at keys to, the, to victory just yet. We'll do that later on the week. But really, just kind of what do you feel the Raiders need to focus in on or clean up this week? Like, what stood out to you from that Denver game that says, okay, that's got to be an area of cleanup for the silver and black? And, you know, just in general, what do you think of the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen as he turned the ball over four times on Monday Night Football? So, Feel free to hit us up, 702-365-9200, and the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. We've got a ton of text already coming through. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> this, is, this is great. This one's coming through from uh, Steve from Jersey. Q, what's good? This is Steve from Jersey. I hope I'm wrong, but I got a feeling that the Bills are going to blow us out on Sunday. We've been the get-right team, and it seems like this might happen. We'd love to hear what you think. Now, look, thank you, Steve, for that text. I think that they're going to come in guns blazing, right? I think that they're going to be angry. They're going to be upset. They know that they shouldn't have lost that game on Monday Night Football. There's really no excuse that they lost that game except for Josh Allen threw it away. I mean, there's no reason. Zach Wilson is not good, right? And you saw for the majority of that Monday Night Football game, he was not good, right? And then all of a sudden he made a pass to Garrett Wilson that should have probably been intercepted. Instead, Garrett Wilson is that sticking good, and he made a play and got a touchdown. And then Josh Allen continued to turn the ball over and kept him in the game. So I do think that Stephon Diggs is going to come in with an attitude I think Josh Allen's going to come in fired up. I think they're going to be ready to go. And, oh, by the way, it's their home opener too. So, yeah, there's some things that are stacked against the Raiders. Don't get me wrong. But with that being said, Josh Allen is a gunslinger. Tigers don't change their stripes. He's going to continue to put the ball in harm's way. And if the Raiders are going to be the team that they said they were going to be all offseason, all preseason, what I said that they were going to do, go and create turnovers, then they need to take advantage of those opportunities to create those turnovers. He'll put the ball out there in harm's way. He showed you that, but they've got to go make the plays. And if they don't make the plays, Steve, you're absolutely right. It could be, it could be a massacre because I don't see, and this is the one thing I look at when I look at the Raiders' offense, at least right now, early on, and who knows if they're going to have Jacoby Myers or not, I don't see them putting up 30-something points per game. I just don't because I don't see that big play. They don't see them taking that shot to the big play all the time where it's a quick strike offense. I think they want to control the ball and, and, and you know obviously score as often as possible, but I don't look at them as a, game, as a team that's going to probably put up 35 points. Now, they might every once in a while get, you know, 28 to 30 points. I just don't see them going too much higher than that. And, look, I could be absolutely wrong. Maybe all of a sudden it turns into some high-octane offense. I just think it's going to be a very efficient offense and a really good offense, and hopefully they continue to have success in the red zone. Obviously, they had the interception on Sunday that can't happen, but I think that that's what this offense is really trying to do, be as efficient and, and as good as possible uh, with the ball and however much they have it. it, it was It's kind of hard to gauge as well because the Raiders only had six possessions <laughs> on Sunday. So maybe that was just a, you know, that was an outlier. That wasn't something that's going to happen more often where they only have a limited amount of possessions. Hopefully they get more, you know, eight, nine, ten possessions as opposed to six. That's really limited with what you could do. You almost have to be perfect if you only get the ball six times. But, you know, they can't go in there. And Jason Horowitz, I think he said it best today on the Raider Roundtable, their best chance to win this game on Sunday is they've got to go in there and survive the first 15 minutes. The Bills are going to come out, and they're going to punch the Raiders in the mouth because they're going to be angry at what just happened on Monday Night Football. They're going to punch the Raiders in the mouth. So the Raiders' job is to be able to take their best punch and still be standing. If they're still standing after the, they take the Bills' best punch, then, then they can go and operate, and they can make things happen, and they can go find a way to win a game. But they've got to be able to take that first round of punches from the Buffalo Bills. So I don't, I don't necessarily think it's like it's going to be a blowout. 
I think it's going to actually probably end up being a close game. I just think at first it's going to be a ton of energy for Buffalo, and the Raiders are going to have to find a way to withstand it. Uh, let's see. This text from the 805-805 Raider, this needs to be a Josh Jacobs game. That's how we keep Josh Allen on the sidelines, and the D-tackles have to play a lot better this week. Come on. That's 805 Raider. And, you know, the thing about the Bills, which is something I've been, I've been saying for a while, they're not a real physical team, right? They're, they're running, their running game is really Josh Allen. I mean, they've got running backs, but Josh Allen is their big threat. So if they can put some wood on him early, if a guy like Crosby could hit him early, if a guy like Nichols could hit him early, if a guy like Tillery could hit him early, right, they've got to be able to chop that tree down because that's a big dude. It's not like it's Russell Wilson. So it's not like, you know, a Nate Hobbs is going to go in there and, and hit him and, and, and drop him. What, is, what does Al Davis say? The quarterback must go down. It must go down hard, right? I mean, that's, that's what they have to do with Josh Allen. And I'm not saying in a dirty way. I'm saying completely legal. But they've got to be able to hit him and put some wood on him early. That's, that's what's going to be really important. Affect him. Make him not want to just go ahead and continue to run. Because, again, he is the strength of their run game. He, he is that guy. He was second leading rusher for the team yesterday. And there's, there's a, a lot of games where he could be the, the, the best rusher in the game, their leading rusher in the game. He ain't going to do that for the Raiders, but that's what, that's what he could do for the Buffalo Bills. So, you know, I just think that, that making sure that they, they, uh, they affect him, hit him, you hit him, and then you take advantage when he puts the ball in uh, in in harm's way, and I think that that's what uh, I think that's what exactly he's uh, he's he's going to do more often than not is put the ball in harm's way. Glenn in San Jose hit us up at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. What up Q and Ari? Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. The Bills run defense is mush. A heavy dose of Josh Jacobs and the defense rattling er- Allen early two and zero will be on the horizon. I like it. Uh, Mailman Raider Q. At least we lose. Uh, Q, at least if we lose against East Coast or cold-weather teams, we can't blame Carr anymore. No, but somehow his name will keep coming up, right? <laughs> you already know that that's going to happen. Somehow his name will keep coming up, and uh, it, it, none of that matters at this point. It's all about what uh, what the Raiders are doing under Jimmy G right now. But uh, thanks for that text. Got another one from uh, 805. This was from uh, Central Coast Raider. Q, everyone keeps saying that now the Raiders now have a chance because the Bills are not playing good. But the truth is the Raiders have – have the fire t- power to, to go toe-to-toe regardless. The defense just needs to chill on the penalties, and it's game on. Also, the Bills have no running game, uh, so if they contain Josh Allen, they should be okay. Go Raiders. That's from uh, Central Coast Raider. And I don't think that everyone's talking about the Raiders having a chance because of what the Bills did. I think the Raiders had a chance before that game on Monday Night Football. I just think that they showed you a little something on Monday night, and so now we're reacting to what we saw. And again, I think they're going to play a lot better than they did on Monday night. Remember, that was game number one for them as well. It's not going to be perfect, right? And they were in they were in MetLife Stadium, so there was a lot of things that were playing against them. They had the emotions of, uh, of everything that was going on with Aaron Rodgers playing against them. And, oh, by the way, they were playing against a defense that was fantastic. That Jets defense is incredible. So, like I said, I don't think that the Raiders are going to be lights out like that. I'd be foolish to believe that they're going to go out there and have a performance like the, the Jets defense. But I do believe that there's opportunities to make plays. So they could score. They just have to make sure that they make some plays. And if they're going to score, they've got to score in the end zone because Josh Allen could – he can – I mean, he can, he can have a shootout, right? JT said earlier today he felt like they, the Raiders needed to embrace a shootout in this game. I don't know if they really want to have a, a shootout. I don't think that that's the style that they want, they want to play is just try to, you know, outgun everybody. I think that – I mean, they have the guys to go get it done. You're not wrong. But I think that the style and the, the, the way that they want this offense to operate – is a lot different than a shootout. So, uh, again, 
They might have to. I don't, I don't ever like having to operate in those kind of waters, right? You never like to have to do that. I like to see the, the defense go out there and make a couple plays here and there, right? Create a turnover. We thought they got one on Sunday against the Broncos. They didn't. I'd love to see them get one, you know, this week, get one or two this week and really give the, the, the Raiders the ball on a, on a short field. And, you know, I'll say this. They didn't get a turnover, but that onside kick that Sean Payton started started the game with uh, that Denver just about came up with, which they did come up with, but they touched it early, so it went to the to the Raiders. That's like a turnover because that was a short field, and the Raiders were able to capitalize again in the end zone. They've got to have a few opportunities with a short field, and and that's what they want. But that's how you do it is by creating turnovers. So uh, yeah, just some of the feedback that uh, we're receiving so far on the dobebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r Again, what are your thoughts on the Raiders' next opponent after seeing what Buffalo did, did on Monday Night Football? <clears throat> Excuse me. There it goes again. And then what do you feel the Raiders need to do to focus in on or clean up this week in preparation for the Buffalo Bills game? Like, if you're looking just squarely at the Raiders, what do they need to do better moving forward to give themselves an opportunity in this game? And I know that there's a lot of areas – that we could talk about, penalties being one of them, probably the most important. If you give up 100 yards in penalty yards to the Bills, you're probably going to lose that game, right? There's more times than not you're going to lose that game. You can't afford to give up 100 yards, a, a whole football field, in penalty yards to Buffalo. You just can't, right? They're too good of a team. They can score too much. Denver is, I mean, they're, they're, they're going to get better, but you know that they're not that good of a team, right? You know that they have limitations. Buffalo, you give them 100 yards of penalty yards, you're going to lose that game. So I'll say the first thing that they've got to clean up and work on is those penalties, personal fouls especially, those ones that drive, uh, extend drives. You can't have those. Masterson can't rough the, the punter when you're off the field. You can't have illegal contact on third, third down and, and, and extend the drive. You can't jump off sides on fourth down and extend a drive. You can't have a face mask penalty when you drop a, a runner five yards deep in, you know, in, in their own backfield. Those, those are drive kill, killers. It will drive killers for the defense. Drive extenders, obviously, for the offense. You just can't, you just can't do that. So uh, those are the questions that I asked you at 69187, keyword R&R. When we don't have a guest, 702-365-9200. 225 is the time. We'll come back. We'll talk to Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padala. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Portasubs. Make sure you check out Portasubs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas-area Portasubs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at Portasubs.com. No sacks in the game, obviously. It's always a goal heading into it. But that takes, you know, everyone. Jimmy did a great job of getting the ball out in time and stepping up in the pocket when he had to. You saw some of those plays in the game and early in the game when he scrambled and pushed up and the pocket was clean. Credit to all those guys for keeping it firm and cleaning out the pocket when they could and trying to play physical in Denver. So Buffalo plays a different structure in terms of front than Denver did. So we're up for a different task this week, but we're looking forward to it. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Raiders offensive coordinator right there, Mick Lombardi, talking about the Raiders offensive line. 
and what they were able to do on Sunday, keeping Jimmy G upright. No sacks. That's a big deal. So, of course, we got to talk about the offensive line, and we got to talk about some players on the defensive side of things. And to help us do that, we bring in Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus on Twitter at PFF underscore Brad. And, Brad, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate you. Thanks for pushing back a day for us as well. Let's start with the offensive line, man. They were really highly rated and highly graded by Pro Football Focus. What did you see from those guys on Sunday against Denver? Yeah, they were quietly good last year, I think better than a lot of people thought. And there's been this narrative, obviously, from some poor play the last couple of years that they weren't a good unit. But we probably talked about Jermaine Illuminor, the right tackle. I think you saw some growth from some young players like a Dylan Parham over the course of the season. And like you said, zero sacks allowed, but also very few pressures allowed in the afternoon. Just three total from the offensive line. And look, Baron Browning was not playing for Denver, but they have Randy Gregory and, and, and Zach Allen, their free agent acquisition. They have some good football players. It was a phenomenal performance from this offensive line. You know, and I wanted to go to that right side. You mentioned Illuminor. They had Thayer Munford. He sprinkled in there a few times as well. He also came in in the jumbo package as that six offensive lineman, that, that eligible offensive lineman. What did you see from him in particular and really just that whole right side of, of the offensive line? Yeah, also bringing him along slowly. He's probably the long-term replacement. Obviously, Illuminor comes back on just a one-year deal, a pretty small deal. So I think he is kind of the, the succession plan there. Only played nine pass protection snaps, but didn't allow a single pressure over those. And I think they like him better in space, and, and that's obviously the goal. Have a guy that can pass protect and can move in the run game and do things physically you know, out in open space. So, so it was encouraging. You know, you mentioned the run game, and Josh Jacobs didn't have a monster game, but he threw some key blocks, especially there at the end. And I know that that's not really a big measuring tool, and, and we don't really grade too many of the blocks, but just all in all from Josh Jacobs, what did you see from him and Jimmy G, how they helped uh, navigate this offense? You know, we should. I, I think it's becoming a bit of an underrated component of running back play. Obviously, like you said, look, you're not getting paid if you're the best pass blocker as a running back. We want you to run the football, catch passes, all those things, but – if your ability to block makes it so you can't be trusted on passing downs, on third downs, you're going to come off the field, right? You're not going to be able to be out there on a lot of key plays. So he was good. Uh, he did a lot of one pressure in the game, but that's bound to happen, uh, you know, for a running back trying to chip or trying to even take on a, a blitzing linebacker, things like that. And then for Jimmy Garoppolo, what I think was really interesting and, again, speaks to the Raiders' offensive line playing well is he actually averaged 2.9 seconds his average time to throw which isn't the longest in the world. But, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, the reason he won in San Francisco is you get the ball out super quickly, you know, two and a half seconds or so. You know, he, I'm not saying it was, it's a bad thing he didn't do that, but it wasn't as though they were protected by a bunch of screen passes or, you know, a bunch of play action misdirection. There was certainly some of that, but, but they also just held up in their own right. What is it about Jimmy G? He just seems to win games regardless where he goes. The guy is just a winner. No, it's a great question. I, I was really, really impressed. I thought it was awesome. So what, the late third down, I want to say seven or eight yards, and he took off for the scramble, got the first down, which definitely is not something we normally associate with Jimmy Garoppolo. But, but a winning quarterback play, he got dinged up in that game too, obviously early on. It was a little bit scary. We had the, the one snap from Aiden O'Connell in the red zone, uh, but he battled through it, obviously played well the rest of the way. Yeah, the, the guy just wins football games. Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. His favorite target on Sunday was Jacoby Myers. Uh, what did you see about from that connection between Jimmy G and Jacoby Myers? Looks really, really good. And, and credit to Myers also, lining up more out wide this year, uh, you know, because of the presence of Hunter Renfro, he was about two-thirds of his snaps in the slot in New England the last couple of years. That number might flip. You know, it might be two-thirds on the outside, 
I think in base, we probably were going to see more and more of him getting on the field over 100 Renfro. Um, and it's unfortunate, you know, hopefully he recovers very quickly from that nasty hit over the middle from Kareem Jackson. But yeah, two touchdowns. Obviously, I don't think Garoppolo and him crossed over much in New England, maybe a year if I'm remembering correctly. But, but clearly, you know, trust him, likes giving the football. Um, he played really, really well. Were you surprised that Hunter Redford only had 13 snaps, even though Jacoby Myers played as well as he did? It's interesting. I mean, there was kind of murmurs and rumblings, you know, that he was a potential trade target during the offseason. I can tell you, I heard them. Uh, they were secondhand, so I can't tell you. You know, I have some firsthand source telling me he was going to get traded or was being talked about. But the person told me, that told me I trust wholeheartedly. Not saying they were shopping him or anything, but I think if phone calls were made, they probably listened. End of the day, his contract is a bit big, especially, you know, you see the guys that got paid in free agency, Jacoby Myers included, at $11 million per year, and Hunter Renfro really took advantage of that market boon at wide receiver getting above 15. Going to be hard to move, um, but not really shocked he didn't play a whole lot. Breaking down all the Raiders' grades from Sunday's win over the Denver Broncos right now with Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So let's flip over to the defensive side of things, and let's start with the good. The good was Nate Hobbs. The good was Max Crosby. The good was Divine Diablo. What did you see from those three guys in general that really helped lead that Raiders' defense? Yeah, three of the highest-graded players. You know, I think it was great to see growth at linebacker, you know, from Divine Diablo. Obviously, there's been so much turnover there the last couple of years. Uh, and I think the most encouraging thing, which, of course, is probably part of the idea when you kind of have a, a safety hybrid type athlete, hit a 90.9 coverage grade for us, one of the best across the NFL for an off-ball linebacker. When you can protect over the middle like that, especially, you know, you saw Russell Wilson in this new Sean Payton offense. They want to get the ball out very, very quickly, a low average depth of target, trying to get the ball to Javante Williams and, and their tight ends a bunch. If you have a linebacker that can cover backs, can cover tight ends, and maybe even number three receivers in the slot. It goes a very long way. Just one week, but he looked great. Well, what about Ja'Korian Bennett? He got called for a couple penalties, but he also, Brad, made some nice open field tackles when it was basically him and another guy, and he still was able to, to make the play, and he showed the willingness to get his head in there and get down and dirty and make the tackle. What did you see from the rookie? Yeah, and that's part of his game coming out. Uh, and I think you love when you have, especially in a defense like this, as I'm sure they'll try to play – more and more man coverage as time goes on. You need corners that get off blocks and then come up and be physical. And like you said, make one-on-one -on -one tackles in space, not gang tackles, but truly make a play themselves. He had three defensive stops, which we define as you know not a positive play, uh, and then also had a, a you know tackle for loss. So yeah, he, he was awesome. It was a great debut for a rookie corner. Uh, those guys often get off to slow starts, and he looked good. The Raiders had no Chandler Jones, but they had Malcolm Kuntz and they had the rookie Tyree Wilson. I don't think either one of those guys had a big day at the office. I know Tyree didn't, but what did you see from those two guys in particular? Yeah, you know, I think it's always good when you can kind of give Max Crosby some, some breeders, right? I mean, the guy was mm -hmm. playing near the top of the NFL and snaps among edge rushers pretty much every year of his career so far. So the ability to rotate guys in, you know, Kuntz only had eight pass rush snaps, so it was effective in those. Uh, you, you know, beat the opposing uh, the blocker and got a pressure on one of those. Uh, like you said, didn't see a ton yet from the rookie. Whenever you have a guy, even a top 10 pick, that has an off-season injury in his first training camp, it's always a slow grind. You think of Kayvon Thibodeau last year, the Giants' fifth overall pick. He didn't really do much the first month of the season. Um, so, so it's going to be slow. But, I mean, look, he, he has a special talent athletically. You can kick him inside. You can play him out wide. He can stand up. He can put a hand in the dirt. He, he's going to get there. Did he look like to you that he was trying to anticipate what was coming, like a run play or a pass play, and that was what really made him slow off the snap? 
I do think there was some read and react to his game. And I think you saw that a bit at Texas Tech, too. Uh, he was asked to kind of not just pin his ears back and go. And I think you kind of have to coach that out of guys. Um, if you want them to just be, you know, just play forward, you know, know, know your gap and all those things, but just play forward, play fast, and play physical. Um, yeah, he will get there, but you did see some of that. But also, look, Sean Payton, uh, a lot of pre-snap motion, doing a lot of different things to confuse the defensive line, trying to protect his offensive line, which did not play well, and, of course, protect Russell Wilson. Yep, it wasn't a great first game, but, again, it, it, it's going to come in time. Brad Spielberger is our guest from Pro Football Focus here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So the Broncos score 13 points in the first half. They score three in the second half. Russell Wilson throws for 42 yards, and that's it in the second half. From what you were able to see on film, what really changed by what the Raiders' approach was defensively? Yeah, you know, I think they realized what the the Broncos were trying to accomplish. And and also, I mean, I, I will say, Greg Bolchitz goes out with the injury. You know, they're tight end that can make plays in space. And at that point, you're basically looking at, all right, just take Cortland Sutton out of this football game. And really, all you have to account for is checkdowns to, you know, Javante Williams, who did look pretty good uh, mm-hmm. considering how bad his knee injury was. But they just kept everything in front of them. And, and I think it was, hey, threaten, like, make Russell Wilson threaten us deep. And, and I don't think he's going to do that right now. Mike McGlinchey, the right tackle, allowed six pressures, had a 40 pass block grade. Not a great debut for him in Denver. So, I think it was honestly simple. It was just, guys, they're not going to beat us over the top. Let's just play and, and, like you said, make tackles. They didn't miss a whole lot of tackles. They were physical, and and you can win a lot of games that way. You know, I think it's funny that there was a a drive where Max Crosby basically took it over and really wrecked the whole drive, but it started with causing a a holding penalty, and I know that there's no stat for that. I know there's no grade for that, but I feel like there should be, Brad, because there's a lot of really dominant defensive linemen that get held all the time and end up getting a a holding penalty called against, uh, against the offensive linemen because of their dominance, and that's what happened with Max on that drive. Yeah, no, 100%. And that also, you know, maybe doesn't show up on the box score and in the stat sheet, but it can flip games, right? Because again, against this offense, and this will change, but you get them in first and 20 or second and 20, whatever, they're not going to convert a whole lot of series, right? And keep the drive alive. So, you know, that's the type of stuff where, frankly, probably why Max Crosby grades infinitely high for us. And some people say, well, he only had 10 and a half sacks or this or that, whatever. Yeah, but he's impacting every single snap, even if it's not showing up in the stat sheet. Before we let you go, I wanted to ask you about what we saw on Monday Night Football. A couple questions about that. First of all, the injury to Aaron Rodgers. Nobody wants to see anybody get injured, but could you believe how that script rolled it out after four plays, he goes down with a torn Achilles? I, I really couldn't. I, I was kind of sitting there like, is this real? It, it was a very surreal feeling. You know, I'm in New York. wasn't at the game or anything, but, you know, my family are Jets fans. Uh, unfortunately for them, uh, you know, my, the matriarch of my family is a Jets fan. It's been passed down through all the generations. Uh, I would say I'm lucky that I'm from Chicago, but I, I'm not sure I am lucky. But anyway, so um, <laughs> it, it, I just couldn't believe it. I mean, I really could not believe it. He was the model of health. Sure, he had some nagging injuries here and there, including last season, but you know, rarely missed time for his entire 14 seasons in Green Bay. And like you said, five snaps in his Jets career. I mean, I mean, his NFL career might be over. Yeah, no, that was that was very unfortunate for him, the Jets, and NFL fans in general. And I feel like Jets fans probably feel like, man, we can't have anything nice. <laughs> we can't have exactly. any nice thing. Something always is taken away from us. Final question for you, Brad. I wanted to ask you about the other quarterback, Josh Allen, turned the ball over four times. This is nothing new. He turned the ball over 17 times last year, but a lot of people in the offseason didn't talk about it. Is there a way to fix Josh Allen, or is this just who he is? I really think last night was like a, like a red siren. Like I, I'm not trying to make this week one overreaction, but to me, 
If I'm talking to Josh Allen, we hear it now every offseason. Oh, yeah, we talk to Josh. You don't need to press so often. Just take what the defense gives you sometimes. You are going up against Zach Wilson, who, who frankly does not know what he's doing still. You know all you have to do. And look, a phenomenal defense. I think the Jets defense is probably top five, maybe top three in the NFL. But you know, look, stay on the field, have long, sustained drives, even kick field goals, and we'll probably win this game. And he's just incapable of not trying to hit a home run on every single dropback. Or he took half a dozen shots last night running the ball. Mm -hmm. There was one in the second quarter where I saw Sean McDermott just pointing to his head. And I think he was saying, hey, be smart. Don't take so many hits. It's concerning because if you're going up against Patrick Mahomes, the AFC Championship game, yeah, fight for every single inch, throw down the field, try to score 100 points, yes. You're going up against Zach Wilson. Just take <laughs> the simple routes. He, he he can't do it. Right. No, he can't. He really can't. And I, I came into the show saying that's up next for the Raiders, the Buffalo Bills. They're going to be at home. I think that they're going to be fired up trying to get the taste out of this bad te- uh, loss, Monday night football out of their mouth. But the recipe's there. You create some turnovers, you can win a game. You just got to create some of those turnovers and hit Josh Allen because he's going to put himself out there as a target as he's going to run the ball, run the ball, and run the ball some more. Well, good stuff, Brad, as always. What are you working on that we should be on the lookout for? Yep, so I got an article coming out this week about the, the biggest holes remaining on every roster, and I know it's super, super early, but already looking ahead to some draft prospects and potential free agents, just kind of gauging, okay, now we've seen these teams play, where can they continue to improve, uh, and taking a look at all 32 teams. Ah, good stuff, my man, good stuff. Thanks so much for making some time for us. We appreciate you as always. Of course, thank you. Yes, sir. There he goes. Brad Spielberger right there for Pro Football Focus. Pushed back for us for a day just because we had technical difficulties yesterday. Definitely appreciate him and his breakdowns there. They do a fine job over at Pro Football Focus. 2.45 is the time. What are your thoughts on the Raiders' next opponent, the Buffalo Bills? Josh Allen, you saw what he did on Monday Night Football. And what do you think that the Raiders need to focus in on this week? What do they need to clean up as they're already in West Virginia preparing for the Buffalo Bills? What do they need to focus in on the most to try to give themselves the best chance to win this game come Sunday? Let us know about it. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. 2.50 is the time. John McClain, Sports Radio 610. He'll be joining us at the top of the hour. Joins us each and every week. Talk all things NFL. Of course, we'll lead off with Aaron Rodgers and that situation going on with the Jets. But... On the don'tbebroke.com text line, the 69187 keyword r is from Brad and Concord. He said, regarding the Bills, being the NFL, we know what a team does one weekend doesn't always mean that's how they'll be the next. Got to be ready to face a fired up, probably a little humiliated team. For us, I think the O-line needs to work on the run blocking. We know J.J. may be a little cold with coming in late, but the collapses all over him where he could barely get a yard was not on him. This seems to be a needed improvement for this Sunday. So there you go, Brad and Concord talking about opening up some more holes for Josh Jacobs. And I'll say this, I think, honestly, I think Denver's number one priority was stopping him. He's had dominating games on top of dominating games against Denver. And I think one of their big focuses was, all right, we're going to put Pat Sertan out there on Devontae Adams. And we're going to make sure we dedicate the rest of this defense to slowing down number eight. Because he has had their way with uh, his way with them so many times that they didn't want him to wreck the game. And they know if you go back to what Jimmy G did last and who he did it with was with the 49ers. And what did he do? He was able to hand the ball off, have a dominant run game, and then make the passes that he had to make. So they said, okay, let's take away his dominant run game. Let's put Pastor Tan on Devontae Adams. We'll live and die with whatever happens there. And for the most part, they did. 
right? There was a couple times that he was that Devontae got open, uh, even on Pastor Tan, and, and Jimmy didn't hit him. But, you know, that's something that will happen. They'll, they'll, they'll build that up. And, and Jimmy talked about it after the game to Devontae or during the game to Devontae and said, hey, I missed you. That, that, was, that was on me. It's part of my learning process. I'll, I'll do better moving forward. So, uh, you know, that, that's something that they're going to work out uh, in, in time. But for the most part, I think that they really wanted to focus in on stopping Josh Jacobs. So we'll see. I think the, the Raiders' offensive line did really well, especially in the pass-blocking game. But they, the Denver Broncos just weren't going to let the Raiders beat them on the ground. Uh, let's see. We got one from uh, Pocono Mountains. Vanilla Jedi, Pocono Mountains, Raider Nation. There, that's a hell of a name right there on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r Hey, Q, they had a turnover on downs when the Donkeys missed that field goal. That should count towards the turnover stats. Yeah, I mean, that's that's real. You know, missing a field goal, uh, you know, any of those type of situations. But, I mean, when I'm talking about turnovers, I'm talking about interceptions, fumbles, you know, some some quick all of a sudden change of of, uh, you know, possession and, and allowing the Raiders to have a good opportunity. But you're right. That was a long field goal attempt. They missed it, and it did give the Raiders good field position. So I, I can see where you can look at that as a turnover as well. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick, talk to our guy, Raider Ron. Raider Ron, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, Q. Uh, how are you and uh, Ari getting along there? Uh, we're good. We're good. When I'm not choking on uh, adult Lunchables, I'm doing <laughs> all right. <laughs> That's good. Hey, uh, I think that uh, Marcus Peters, and uh, he's going to have to have a big game against uh, Stefan Diggs. Mm. And, you know, um, and I think that uh, I think the corners worked out pretty good last 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 Sunday. But uh, I think they're going to have to tighten it up a little bit. And uh, the pass rush, uh, they're going to they're going to need to contain Allen. So hopefully uh, Wilson gets a big get, has a big game. All right, Raider Ron, thanks for the call. Appreciate you. And you know the thing about Stephon Diggs, you can line him up all over the field, right? He's like Devontae Adams, where you can line him up just about anywhere. So that's going to be an interesting matchup. How often are you going to find him one on one with Jacoria Bennett? How often are you going to find him one on one with Nate Hobbs? How many times are you going to find him one on one with Marcus Peters? Like that's going to be that's an interesting chess match because Stephon Diggs is that guy. Right? Without him, the Bills aren't who they are. I mean, he, he is what makes the Bills go. He, he brings the attitude. He brings the swagger. Obviously, he brings the ability. I mean, he's one of the best in the business for a reason, and he has been for a long time. So he really helped create the guy who is Josh Allen. So that's going to be an interesting matchup. So I think these corners, they have their work cut out for them. It's going to be interesting the way that Patrick Graham decides to run their defense and how he wants to play it, but he is a guy. That can get it done. They have a tight end that can get it done. They have Gabe Davis. He can get it done. He doesn't get it done as, as consistently as, as uh, Stephon Diggs does, but he, he has abilities, right? They, they have guys that can make plays. So, uh, yeah, I think these corners are going to really have their work cut out for them. And Ja'Korian Bennett, you saw him get some penalties on Sunday, and I mentioned it on Friday's show that he's a guy that's pretty handsy. He's pretty physical. I love the physicality, but I also realize that he's got to be able to play – without getting penalties. Because if he consistently gets penalties, guess what teams are going to do? Consistently go after him. Oh, that's all right. That'll be a first down. The rookie will, will find a way to, to create a penalty, right? So they, they've got to be able to – he's got to be able to play a lot cleaner. But I love the fact that he's willing to get in there, stick his nose in there, and tackle somebody. He does that really well. He's just got to be a little bit less handsy moving forward. John McClain, Sports Radio 610, joins us next. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. 
And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.